The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome again to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm your host, Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner with a master's degree in financial analysis and CEO of Seattle-based wealth management company, Empirical Wealth Management. Ethan Broga is joining us today. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. As usual. Ethan's a certified financial planner as well with a master's degree in financial planning and is the head of the financial planning committee at Empirical Wealth Management. That's right. This show is designed to give you insights on how to make smarter financial decisions over the course of your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, Ethan, before today we were going to start with a with a vault type segment. Um, okay, just for fun, you know, we're just hanging out, talking, and uh, you know, I got stacks of investment publications, some of which we use for research purposes. Um, but others we just monitor because they're more, um, I guess, commercialized publications. And so we like to look at what is being put out and catered to the individual investor out there. Right. Um, and then we like to kind of scrutinize it and tear it apart and separate the wheat from the, sh- the chaff, as it were, <laughs> Ethan. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, from your man, JC. Um, I was watching... Uh, <laughs> Meet the Parents. I don't know if oh, you saw yeah. that movie and Ben Stiller and uh, I think it's Owen Wilson. And uh, when he whittled, he whittled out the the altar from one. He goes, "It's from one piece of wood." Right. It's this giant altar, and he's like, um, "Anyways, we'll, we'll move on." All right, Ethan. Do you want to give out our our contact information? All right, I will. And uh, a little bit about what we're what we can do for for our listeners out there. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, there's a couple different ways to reach us. Um, first one is email. You can reach us at contact at empiradio.com or here at the office at 800-923-4307. Uh, feel free to ask for Ken or myself. Um, if you're an individual investor, as we mentioned in the past, we'd be happy to get together with you and discuss your, your personal situation and how we might be able to, to help out. 
Um, so we're offering a, basically a free, a free portfolio review. We'd love to have you in, um, have us go over your situation with you, get to know you a little bit, and then make some meaningful recommendations we hope would improve your, your current allocations and your current plan. If you're also uh, an investment advisor currently working with individuals, uh, we'd also love to hear from you too. If you're looking to partner up with a pretty well-established um, company like ours that has developed you know, over the years a very good infrastructure for working and servicing clients, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. So give us a call. Sounds good. Give us a, uh, a ring. Um, well, Ethan, let's. Uh, we were going to start with the the vault, um, the vault segment here, and um, and then we were going to talk a little bit about. We wrote a paper on uh, alternative investments, so I thought we could chat about that. Um, and I think coming out of the recent market decline, as we've had a bit of a rebound, um, but having two in the last decade and very poor returns, as are widely published in the in the U.S. stock market. A lot of people have, have looked for alternative investment strategies. Sure. Um, and so we can talk a little bit about the analysis we did on those and maybe give our listeners some insight on how we frame those decisions on what we look at as good asset classes that have good diversification benefits and return opportunities mm-hmm. and separate those from uh, from other asset classes where we don't think they belong in most people's portfolios. Right. Okay, well... The the vault uh, segment here, Ethan. Let's um, let's talk about that. So, um, I've got something I thought we could we could go ahead and put into the vault. And um, this was a. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna get it open because we'll go through this. This is pretty heavy. Well, you've been working out. I see. Well, well, it's a new year. We're trying to do something good for me. Yeah. So what we have here, you know, I'm just I just happen to pick it's the February 2011 version. So I guess I it's February 2011 it is. Um and and a cover there are three very serious individuals side by side in a row. It says fund managers of the future our look at America's top 1%. Um and I went into the article here on page it starts on page 64 and we won't go through the whole article but I don't, well, have, I don't have enough time for that. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> Not if we want to get all the sound effects and uh, jokes in that we need. To, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need to work through. We got um, priorities. Yeah. I mean, we're here to entertain. Right. And inform. No doubt. So uh, you get into this, and it says America's top fund managers, most mutual funds lagged behind the stock market over the past year. And that made us wonder, where do you find the money managers who can beat the market year in and year out? And I'm just going to set this up for you, Ethan, and we can talk about it a little bit, and then we'll put it in the vault. And at the end of this year, I thought we'll come, we'll pull this out, and separately, we, we will offline, we'll, we'll categorize all the managers that they talk about. All right. Um, but we can set the stage for our listeners on why they really should be very, very cautious about this type of article mm-hmm. and committing any capital towards any of these types of investments for a long, long variety of reasons that, that if we went through every reason, would take multiple shows to go through. Sure. So we'll try to focus on some of the key things. So what, it starts off, it says, uh, this guy Bruce Berkowitz spends his days, like other uh, 
like many other fund managers, basically reading economic reports and chatting about investment ideas. Uh, it says, his, but his ho-hum routine is producing something many managers can't seem to match these days. He beats the Standard & Poor's 500 stock index almost every year in good markets and bad. And uh, it goes on to talk about that, you know, this the fund that he's in, uh, he's managing this fair, fair home fund, mm-hmm. um, which is really small. It's $17 billion, which in, in terms of publicly open traded mutual funds is very small. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I'll be interesting to, to follow the assets after this publication because there's been a lot of studies on what happens to funds that get written up in, by, either by Morningstar uh, or in publications. A lot of times they do attend attract assets, and that alone, aside from all the other statistical um, issues that go along with continued outperformance of stock beating approaches, just the, the, the simple fact that they attract assets makes it more difficult for them to repeat some of the great performance and think of managers like Peter Lynch and yeah, exactly. that Fidelity Magellan Fund or um, the Lake Mason Fund we've talked about with Bill Miller and, and some yeah. of the other guys that did well for a while. Um, and But at the at the peak when they started to attract a lot, a lot of assets, um, most of their, their ass- investors, as defined by how much money got into the fund, the vast majority of the, the money that came into these funds was after any of that market outperformance was was already over. Mm-hmm. Um, yet they would continue to carry the, the track record from back when it was, in this case, it's a $17 billion fund. Right. It could shoot up to be a $100 billion fund, right? But the last 10 years of performance, I'm assuming the $17 billion is probably pretty close to the largest it's gotten um, if it's continued to grow. Right. So it talks about them beating the Standard & Poor 500 index. And we, in our last show, we were talking about using the right performance evaluation techniques, how to evaluate your performance. So the first thing we would want to do is say, well, is the S&P 500 even the appropriate benchmark for this fund? Right. Now, you looked it up, and one of the things it says in, in the description of the fund and granted, we just did this before the show, so we haven't given a, a lot of time to this. It's not exhaustive. But it, it certainly said that the fund could invest in bonds, international stocks, um, and a variety of other asset classes. Smart Money themselves in this magazine, it says the very next line is, he's the one value manager who comes closest to Warren Buffett. Um, so now they're categorizing him as a value manager. I think in the Morningstar category. Yeah, it's the same. It, it's, it's, they're posting it as a value. Right. Clearly, value has, has put him in terms of return. Uh, over the S&P 500 over the last 10 years. So just in itself, being in value stocks, uh, and as far as being like Warren Buffett, you know, at least currently when we you looked at it, one, there are only 70 positions currently listed on the the website. We'll, we'll look into this a little further, but Berkshire Hathaway was one of the top <laughs> positions, which is uh, Warren Buffett. So maybe that would help explain partially. All right. Um, you know, if I, if I owned... Berkshire Hathaway is run by Warren Buffett. So uh, if I owned all, put my money as a manager into Warren Buffett's fund, I certainly would get Warren Buffett-like returns, I would assume. But that's a completely separate discussion. So the real question here, Ethan, is, is the S&P 500 even the appropriate index to benchmark? Um, Getting 12% a year for the last 10 years, if that's accurate, is certainly nothing to sneeze at in any case. No question. Um, But it is important with any of these funds that 
you're comparing them to the appropriate and relevant index, the apples to apples, as we were saying. Right. Um, secondly, they uh, they go on to talk, which I think is interesting, because I think the conclusion when you get these statistics that they're putting in the article should be the exact opposite of what, what the article is proposing. And, and the statistics are, um, it says, too bad more managers aren't in the same league. Mutual funds have been under attack lately, and for good reason. More than a quarter of actively managed stock funds trailed the indexes they measured against by five percentage points or more in the first nine months of 2010, uh, according to a study by J.P. Morgan. And then uh, it goes on to say on the flip side of that, um, just 7% of actively managed funds were beating their benchmarks 5% five, 5 or more um, in 2010. And they go on to say how active management, which are basically any mutual fund manager that's out there trying to beat a particular index rather than hold, mm-hmm. uh, is engaging in an active strategy. Um, one of the issues is they... They need to beat the index that they're trying to track, it says in here, by 2% um, just to cover their costs, their management fees and their trading costs and other costs associated, which is a pretty big hurdle. No doubt. Um, We've mentioned many studies that show um, just buying funds, um, you have a very tough time beating the index funds. In this case, and so paying your 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 management fees or investment advisor fees to someone to pick stocks is not where you want to pay them. And we're going to talk a little bit about this in our question and answer segment. Mm-hmm. But before we do, Ethan, we need to take a break. Already? Uh, well, yeah, we we're coming at the end of the first segment here. All right. We'll come back to this vault item. We'll finish on this one fund, and then uh, we'll proceed onward. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. 
The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basili, radio to thrive by. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to the show. Ethan and I are talking about uh, Vault Item uh Smart uh, Money Magazine highlighting uh, the top 1% of mutual fund managers. Um, and the general idea being that, hey, these are guys that have consistently beat the market for the last many years, and these might be a place to put your money. Um, our view is you want to be very, very cautious about that. So, Ethan, we were we were talking about the fact that in the article, they are admitting the the very difficult statistics that these active managers have faced. Most of them don't outperform. Right. What they don't talk about is the flaw of picking the top 1% of managers based on the past track record. And their the only uh, attribute that they could come up with, or that they're listing here, at least in this early part, was that these managers had been around 50% longer. There's tenure there than other managers and actively managed funds that have, as a group, that have not done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying finding a manager who's been there for a long time, who's seasoned, who's had a, a discipline, um, have has put them in a better position. Yeah, I hear you. And we, we, can, we can see that because we always tell investors, even if the strategy in itself is flawed in our view of how capital markets work, mm-hmm. 
um, having some discipline or strategy that you stick to, which enables you to not buy high and sell low, or you know, be by chasing the hot sectors. Right. And a lot of these active guys, they they will go be contrary. You know, they'll they'll stick to their guns as best they can, um, and not sell out of stock. So the article talks in here about how at the beginning of 2010, a lot of managers. Uh, these active managers had a much higher allocation to cash than normal because of their poor view on the economy. Yeah, this fund still, this one yeah. fund is still 25% cash. Okay. It even says here. So Which is interesting. Uh, yeah, that is interesting. So the, the statistics, the sheer statistics of it all, Ethan, are, are um, you, you would expect that certain managers will beat the market mm-hmm. and the exercise we talk about um, frequently, or if you run a pure uh, random test where you have a, a, a coin, an evenly weighted coin, and you started with, uh, they mentioned they screened out 6,800 fund managers. I, I think at one time there's 10,000 different fund managers. Some get killed or merged into uh, other funds, but it, if we count all the funds, I'm pretty sure there are over 10,000 different mm-hmm. Funds. If you had that in each year, you said, well, we're going to flip, we're going to have 10,000 people flip coins or monkeys, if you want. Um, and you know, I where's, like, where's your sound effect for okay, the monkeys? I get it. I get it. But <laughs> if we did that, um, at the beginning of year one, you'd have yeah. 5,000 that say rolled heads and say heads is market beating, is a market beating outcome. Right. Next year, we, we do another flip. We'll have 2,500. Uh, the next year, we're going to have half of that. Mm hmm. Um, and it's going to go on and on until after 10 years, you'll have something in the range of 10 monkeys that have beat the market every year for 10 years in a row. So not just an annual return of beating the market, but actually beat the market in each individual year for 10 years. Right. 10 years. The The issue is, in that case, would you trust your retirement savings to, with, with these monkeys? <laughs> Now, I'm not saying these guys are... These are very intelligent people. And the monkey idea is just to, to illustrate the analogy that right. there's randomness in in terms of we're giving people credit because they are smart and coincidentally have been able to accomplish good some good returns. Right. Not adjusting for... And that's what the academics are very good about doing is adjusting for the probabilities, right. the statistics that go behind this. The other thing, too, is that on this, you mentioned the, the 10-year track record, right? You have the... These folks have each done very well, and one of the one of the things they note, hey, it's inter- it's interesting that each of these have had a, a tenure longer than the average by about fifty percent, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that in itself is some survivorship bias. Clearly, if you're not doing very well, you're not likely to last ten years. Yeah. So it's only kind of oh, of, of who is left or who ha- who has had a, a fund uh, been managing a fund for ten years. I'd like to hear some of that data. Counts for some of that survivorship right. bias. There there has to be some Someone's explanatory value in the correlation. Just because every year for the last X many years, um, uh, the, one of the particular NFL uh, football leagues, when they, I forget, I can't remember if it's the NFC or the AFC was, uh, but there was this tendency for one of the teams from one of those divisions where the market did better. But they're not... You can't link those two. It's, oh, easy, yeah, to, right, it's right. easy to fight, right? It's it's a spurious correlation. There's no real explanatory power there to say. So what they're looking at... I see. So pre- if an AFC team or an NFC team won the Super Bowl or something, then that predicts some of the, the next year's stock returns. Is that I think I've heard something that right. I've before. 
what what usually for it to hold muster, and this could, I'm not saying it doesn't. I just don't see it early on in the article. They they didn't do any, they didn't provide um, any T statistics or any kind of uh, support that would say, hey, this we found this relationship. It, it's called data mining when you say, hey, let's pick the top one percent of the managers. Now let's try to find some common characteristic that they all have. You know, <laughs> exactly. maybe they're all over thirty. Maybe they're more men. Maybe they're whatever right. it is. And then let's find one that is kind of politically acceptable or makes good sense that we can right. put out there. It doesn't mean that just because that happens to be the case that that is the explanation. There, there may not be any causal relationship right. between anything they quote in this article as as to possible characteristics that could lead to overperformance. It could be anything. And there's no no causation there. And there's been many studies on active management and tons. What they've using a variety of variables, whether it's um, manager tenure is certainly one of those things, but other statistics and other um, ways of categorizing them. And what they find is, what what I've seen is that the one commonality is that poor performing funds have a tendency to stay in the bottom. And the best explanation I've seen is simply because they tend to be the funds with higher expense ratios. Right. There is a, a pretty strong relationship with the fund expenses and where they line up in terms of uh, how they rank and performance over a long-term period. In Mm -hmm. any one year, it's pretty random. Yes. Because of the huge variances in returns. Um, Right. But when you you start to have the gravity of multiple years weighing on you with those expenses, that's that's where you see it most. Mm -hmm. So you had another comment, Ethan, about... I did briefly. I I was thinking of... um, and it may not be the one you're thinking of, but I was just looking at the, you know, this is a large value fund, and it looks like it's one that can really go to any part of the world that wants and go in bonds and go in stocks. Um, looking at it across the board here, just U.S. large value stocks, this is the Russell 1000 index for the last three years, it outperformed the S&P by about 100%. Yeah. You know, a big difference of returns there. Looking at small value, U.S. stocks that are small value, well, that's an 8.5% for the last 10 years on average. In other words, if he has happened to have owned any of those stocks in that category, that would be that would attribute you could attribute possibly some of the returns to that. The same thing is true with international and even emerging markets, right? The value portion of the market in each of those categories have done pretty well. Yeah. If, you, if you had exposure to any of them in this portfolio over the last ten years, which I don't know for sure or not, but you know because you can go anywhere, not just simply U.S. value stocks, um, it's conceivable that that would explain some of the returns. So, in other words, the apples to apples comparison doesn't really wash here. Yeah, and it it certainly would. Um, I mean, it would scare me greatly. The more flexibility these guys have, the the more difficult it is to know how much risk you're taking at any one particular time. Mm-hmm. So funds where they've got this broad level of of um, flexibility and what they can invest in, yeah, makes it very difficult as an investor when you're mixing in other asset classes and or other investments in the portfolio. Typically, what we want is pure exposure to each particular asset class, mm-hmm. and then we monitor that investment class relative to its appropriate benchmark so that a manager who just bought a bunch of small value stocks, which historically has had a higher rate of return than the S&P 500 kind of stocks, would not, would not charge us a higher fee and say, look at the great job I did beating the market. When in many cases, they've when you net out their expenses, they underperformed us just buying the small value index, right, um, and getting it in a more tax and cost efficient way. Mm-hmm. So I I would be very cautious about buying into a fund where 
they have the ability to do anything they want because you have a yeah for the reasons we just talked about. I, I can tell you I don't have my personal business with them or any of that stuff. I mean, it's something I, I want to know precisely what types uh, of strategy the fund owns that I own. Right. You know, that's uh, important to me. I want to know what's going on you know, just in terms of what they are able to do. This w- this would not I would not be happy with this. I would not sleep well at night knowing the manager really could do whatever they want to do. What uh, is the expense? On, do you even have 1%. That? Okay. Yeah, which isn't unreasonable in itself, but you know, having the allocation it's it's, in, it's a stock fund and it's 63% stocks currently. The rest is in cash and bonds and some other things. Yeah. And uh yeah. So again, not to say that these we won't go through all these managers in the rest of this article, but not to say that they're not very smart, hardworking people. Nothing to do with that. The problem is that they continue to ignore the overwhelming amount of empirical evidence on how markets are efficient and the fact that there is no shocker, and that was my original point I want to get back to here, mm-hmm. Ethan, is that the real takeaway from the the lead in this article here about how poorly active managers have done is not that you should try to identify which ones will continue to beat. We have to focus on knowing being in the top 1% all the time, right? And your other point was, well, why weren't these guys on the magazine 10 years ago? If we went back in the archive 10 years ago, what we need is a methodology of them finding these guys 10 years in advance. That would be useful. That would be very useful because it's highly likely, and we'll put it in the vault and we'll look at the end of the year, which one year is not really enough time, but at least you get a general idea. These things could be dogs with fleas. So we be very cautious about this. Ethan, can you get these dogs out of here, Simon? Someone, someone shut the door, please. Why am my leg here? Um, let's take a break. We'll right. come back and we'll move into our, our uh, kind of our mailbag segment. Sounds good. We'll be right back. the market's up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. 
We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, and we're back. We were just uh, finishing up our conversation about the uh, smart money magazine headline from February. And uh, Ken, we're going to reach into the mailbag next, I think. Isn't that right? That's right. I thought we could do that. We've had some, uh, we got some good questions and some good thought, food for thought. Okay. Whether you're an individual out there doing your own thing or working with an advisor, considering working with an advisor, or you are an advisor. Yep. It's how versatile we are in these discussions. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. But uh, yeah, we we wanted to throw out some uh, some some food for thought, I guess, like you said. All right. And, uh, very important decisions. So why don't we uh, why don't we go ahead and dig into the the mailbag? You 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 you. All right, go get mail. it. Mail. Mail is here. Mail call. Gather out, everyone. Can we turn this up well, a little bit? I really like this. Sounds like Homer. I think it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice work on that, Simon. Or at least it's my best impression. <laughs> okay, well, so Ethan, questions that we've received, and these questions that we're pulling out of this, this mailbag are not necessarily questions we got today, um, but they're questions that we've we've dealt with over a long period of time of doing this. Right. Uh, and they're also common questions. So we think that's a good one, good ones to pick up on. Right. But you know, real yeah, quick, real quick, ahead. if you got, if you have a question, we'd love to hear from you as well. Maybe now's a good time to give out the contact information. Yeah. Uh, you can re- email a question if you'd like at contact at empiradio.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call, that's fine too, at 800-923-4307. And you can email uh, myself. It's ksmith at empiricalfs.com. And uh, Ethan, if you have a question, your email. Yeah, it's just ebroga, E-B-R-O-G-A, at empiricalfs.com as well. And you can um, reach us both at that firm number, the 1-800-923-4307. Just give us a ringy. 
It's ringing now. Go ahead and grab that. And uh, if you do call us and contact us, if you um, have a question or something we can put on, we'll, we will send you a, a free copy of one of our favorite investment books. Sounds good. So. Okay, then so a couple of questions I guess we'll start is when um, oftentimes we find when, when we're talking to investors and they are broaching the subject of getting advice or help, um, question of fee and performance tend to be lead questions. Yeah. So what, what kind of fees are there and what has your performance been? And oftentimes uh, you had mentioned even it's how, what was it last year? Yeah, or hey, what's the last six months? Right. Or maybe the last three months. Something usually very recent. Is the, when I get the question, that's usually how it's framed. So I thought, let's let's talk about that in the context of, A, what are reasonable fees um, when you're looking to get help mm-hmm. relative to, and and are you, if you could take this, Ethan, and put it in the light of, it's, are you, where would you be neutral to doing it yourself, as an example? Mm. Um, so any fee doesn't mean that you would Im- immediately rule out having help. Yeah, it depends on the person, I guess, on the situation. Um, you can talk about, on average, I, I certainly think uh, uh, 1% is a reasonable management fee. Something around there is reasonable. Okay. Um, and if you're paying investment costs on top of that, uh, in other words, it, it, internal expenses, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of up to, maybe up to a half percent would be a reasonable, you know, target. If you're over that, I'd, I'd, I'd question why, I guess. Now, if you had that, if you if you took those two, because we talked about this in one of the recent shows, the average expense of what's going on with no-load mutual funds out in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And 1.5% is probably about average. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about that, though, is, and we were just talking about this fund, this uh, one that was in Smart Money, mm-hmm. you said that they're listed at about 1%, is you're not getting any break as your asset size gets larger in these funds. Right. And you're not getting any specific financial planning help or advice. So you're paying 1% for the investment product element of it. Yes. Your money is being pooled with a large group of investors. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wouldn't be reasonable in our view to say, well, we're going to hire a manager. And that's, I'm surprised that it is that low um, for how small the fund is, uh, $17 But um, you, you certainly... You know, we're saying of that element, which is the the fund expense element, in the in the category that 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 manager is investing in, that's we take it down to the category level. Um, the funds that we are building our client portfolios with are probably about 0.15 or 15 basis points. Um, yeah, large value. Yeah, mm-hmm. in that asset class. Right. Um, if you were looking at just a kind of a traditional index or. Yeah. Um, so. The 1% is relatively high if that's what he was really doing, saying, hey, we're doing large cap. We, we could probably cut that in half at minimum for the types of funds that we would put our clients in. Right. Uh, so why would you pay the 1% to someone that you don't ever get to meet with, doesn't give you any personal investment advice, pools your money with a big group of investors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get no... You could put $1 million, $2 million, $3 million, or $20 million, and you're really not getting any reduction in fee as your account grows. Right. My view is that because of what we talked about with the idea of market efficiency and, and these managers having 
very difficult times adding any value in that respect. The money that you should be paying on, the higher portion of it should not should be on the one-on-one advisor that you're working with that's helping you through a variety of financial planning and investment related issues. I mean the commodity really isn't the commodity itself isn't the advice that's personalized and customized to you. The commodity is the mutual fund you choose to invest in. Right? That's the I, that's the interchangeable piece. Getting good advice, it should everybody should have that. That's customized and personalized for you specifically, based on your own goals and what you're what you're trying to do. Right? So I don't know, that's something that's important. Well, I, I, I definitely think so as well. So you're saying 1% on that part of it where you're you're actually getting to work with somebody. Who knows you. Um, yeah. Yeah, who knows you and who's going to develop an investment strategy using a variety of investments. Right. Um, and we've talked many times on the, on in our discussions about, well, there should be a D-link between the, the person giving you advice and their compensation. Mm-hmm. In terms of the investment products, there shouldn't be a connection between those two. They should be paid separately um, from any investment recommendations they make. Mm-hmm. So investors, let's get, let's get to the other part, which is the returns part of this discussion. Um, they tend to ask those two things. What's your fee? And then, hey, what was your return over, you mentioned, <laughs> last month, last six months, last year? <laughs> right. Um, rarely, I guess, you do get someone who says, hey, what? Over longer periods of time, what have the returns been? Right. Or they'll say, hey, what was it in this last downturn? We get a, you get a lot of those kinds of questions. Sure. People have a yeah. real tendency to discount what's happened in the past versus what just recently happened. That's okay. true in mo- well, basically anything, but especially true with investments. You don't. I very, get the, very rarely get the question, hey, what's, what's your 10-year ten, ten average for this portfolio? I mean, I point it out because I think it's important, but not. Right. But it isn't something that I usually get asked about. Usually it's what happened in the last year, last six months, or whatever. And while that's interesting... I mean, you should not be basing, frankly, anything, anything, any, anything regarding, regarding a, working with an investment advisor or, or an investment based on a six-month track record. It doesn't, doesn't make – I would prefer that whoever is asking the question really has a, a better understand, walks away with it rather than just an answer to the question, a deeper understanding as to the strategy itself and why it's a good one, why it's a fund, fundamentally a sound strategy and one that is likely to get them what they want mm-hmm. uh, over the course of their investment life. That's what I'm more interested in doing and communicating. So those two elements, the fee and the the performance, and we're on the performance side of this, but to me, I get very nervous about what's going to happen to that person if they're leading or making their decisions around that question of performance. And we say that in spite of the fact that we believe we've done a reasonably good job. Yeah, it's not like we're... As advisors ourselves, right? outside of our little radio job here that we don't get paid for <laughs> outside of <laughs> Wait that a second. Wait, I, got, I didn't get you you didn't get your check yeah i've been waiting no, i'm kidding um but no separately from anything we're trying to do here to educate people we we get very nervous about this because whether they're hiring us or not um what they're likely to do is wind up hiring what we just talked about in the smart money magazine right is the guy who does show them hey for the last six months one year, whatever period that they determine is relevant, they're going to wind up either putting their money with with the hottest manager. And there's always going to be someone that's going to beat the market or beat another diversified strategy in some period of time. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's the, how we're going to be judging things, well, I could just we could just show you the last 10 years' performance on the emerging markets. Hey, that's what we own. 
That's what we're buying. That's what we're loading up on. Yeah. Because look at the past history, 10 years, 18% per year. Well, no one's, no one's, that's not, doesn't make sense. It's too risky. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't choose an investment advisor or select an investment solely on the last, that track record. If that was the case, then you'd right. be doing whatever investor wants not to do, which is, is buy high and sell low ultimately. And even those, yeah, it's, and so let's talk about, well, what would be, what should be the, the criteria that you're utilizing to get help? And, yeah. and why would you get help? Right. If, if, if performance was not solely the reason why you would hire someone to do it, which very frequently does become about, geez, could I get better performance by hiring this person or handing my money, investing in this particular manager? Mm-hmm. Looks like we, we got to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and finish up on this. All right. Okay? All right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. 
To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, last segment of Empirical Investing Radio. Remember, you can uh, send us an email, contact at empiradio.com. Give us a call here at the firm, and the number to use is actually 1-800-923-4307. If you're an individual, you want us to uh, take a look at what you've got going and give you some investment and or financial planning uh, recommendations, Mm -hmm. give us a phone call or an email. Ethan, we were uh, in the mail bag section here, and we're talking about going into the break, talking about uh, how most investors that we come across make the mistake of determining their investment advisor by, or their investment product, whatever they're picking, mm-hmm. by two, two primary questions. One surrounding typically around costs, which I think um, the media and other channels have misrepresented in terms of what, how you should approach that. And as we are extremely sensitive to costs, whether it's tax costs, investment, the total fees and paid. But yet there's a line there that um, where, where you start to make bad decisions. You know, the real issue is what's the greatest amount of return net of costs that I can get with the least amount of risk? Um, mm-hmm. And considering the fact that your time is an element of this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... The cost and then the return structure. And you were saying, yeah, I mean, it's not really a great idea to just be to be basing your decisions on those. More, There are more important factors. And what are those factors? Well, I'd, I'd just say this, that it, it's, a, it's an important thing to understand. But okay. it by itself is not should not make or break the decision. Right. If you have, you, you, you're potentially working with a person that is, you know, trustworthy, you think has a, a sound strategy, is likely to be a good steward of your of your the assets you've worked hard to you know, to grow over time, um, and they're compensated in the right way. Those things are are, very, are important as well as you know the performance over the, the recent recent period and the fee. If it's a reasonable fee and relative to some reasonable benchmarks, uh, the performance has been in line. Then really, 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 what you're looking for or should be looking for an advisor, somebody to guide you through each year by year your specific financial situation to make sure you're taking care of all the little, little and big things that go on in your financial life over the course of your lifetime. Whether it's helping out in your 401k, getting the right allocation in there is, is pretty important. You know, making sure you're doing everything you can on a tax perspective to minimize taxes over time to help you grow your wealth. That's important. Those are things that, that take place over, over time and every single year that need to be looked at, whether or not you're working with an advisor or not. And hopefully, hopefully you are, because I think those, those people have a... Um, you know, have have an eye to that, and are looking out for on your your behalf under those types of things. Right. So there's a lot of other things, but that's one of the things I think that are important. Well, and you you had mentioned um, the right asset allocation, and I think that's a huge component. Is well, let's say that your advisor promised you nothing except for the fact that you would always capture the rates of return that the markets provided as efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, hey, when when we define what stocks are, we're going to make sure you get the returns that stocks offer. And we're going to minimize the risk that you don't get that return. Right. Right. And we're going to 
try to reduce the risk of owning too few investments within your portfolio that you you subs you sustain losses that you could be could have been avoided by diversification techniques. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you did that, is it worth having an advisor that said one of my jobs is going to be to help you assure that you're in the right mix of investments based on your time frame, mm -hmm. your willingness, as Larry Swedger likes to say, your willingness, ability, uh, and need to take risk. Right. Um, how valuable would it have been, regardless of what the track record of uh, an advisor's returns were, in uh, on you know if, if if I came to you, Ethan, in two thousand in the year 2000, January 2000, and I said, you know, all I'm doing with my clients is into a globally diversified portfolio and index funds that just own the entire stock market around the world, and I'm, I'm getting that mixed with the right bond, an index that tracks bonds. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to get you out of all these technology stocks that you own. <laughs> right. uh, now, coming to an advisor who convinced you to do that Without beating the markets, just simply getting you into a strategy that started to track them, and in a in a proportion of risk, right? Um, to those client, those individuals that were out there primarily focused on technology stocks, would have the difference in returns over the subsequent market crash would have paid for a lot of people a lifetime of of advisory fees. Yeah, or more, or more, several lifetimes. I mean, some people I know had a handful of stocks that went down ninety percent. Yep. In that range, right. um, in which they'll never and and it's too often they're when investors are making this decision, the, the same people who were back there during this time, um, you know, they they were getting such great returns in these highly concentrated portfolios of stocks, they couldn't see having why would I why would I engage a professional and pay any fee at all, even if it was the very you know ten basis points to right. have someone tell me when I'm getting greater. Someone who's been trained and has a lot of knowledge, maybe they're a certified financial planner, maybe they're a CPA, maybe they're a chartered financial analyst, maybe they're uh, someone who's been doing this and has multiple credentials. Um, it's, it's just interesting to see how these decisions get made. Mm -hmm. And the big picture and the real risks you know, of diversification, of um, opportunity costs, opportunity costs of missing investment asset classes because you don't know about them or they're not the most recently hot sector right. of the market. I think people have this idea that this because they've heard it before, like diversification or discipline or taking advantage of opportunities. They hear those things and they're not, they're kind of mundane. They're, or, they're sort of ordinary words that they discount them, that they're already doing those things in their own portfolio. So therefore they're not, they're not a difference maker. But most folks, if they took an honest inventory of their, what they're currently doing, at least if it's working by themselves, aren't positioned at all how, if you had gone through a professional advisor, how they would position you. And that means there's a big difference in, in understanding and, and knowledge of how to build and, and construct portfolios. And all we're trying to do here is to get you to take a different point of view than you may have come on your own conclusion, by your own conclusions, to look at things in a little bit different light when you're making these decisions. Mm -hmm. And I know for many of us, one of the reasons we may be even hesitant or reluctant to have an advisor involved, that particularly one that takes a more comprehensive approach to things, is because now we have to be accountable. And you know what I mean? It, it doesn't necessarily mean we have a lot more work to do. And in many cases, um, a good advisor is alleviating a lot of that work and stress. Mm -hmm. But it does mean that you have to be accountable to some strategy. Um, 
and a lot of us like to have the ability to, even though we know something is right, we like the ability to kind of slip back into that, hey, uh, I'm just going to dabble in this, you know, um, versus, hey, we know we had a written plan to get you where you wanted to be, so let's stick to it kind right. of thing. It can be very tempting when market certain parts of the market are going crazy um, for you to want to, if you don't have anybody to hold accountable, you, you might want to load up on a few of those those hot stocks um, or vice versa, sit on the sideline when the market declines, when you should be rebalancing. Right. Ethan, we'll get to this alternative uh, investment discussion next week. Okay. Uh, we've got to get going. We're out of time for this this program. We hope you have a great week. We hope there was something enlightening in, in, in the discussion. Give us a call if we can do anything for you. Otherwise, we'll t- see you next week. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you next week. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.